Okay, let's start Parshas Vayechi, Tavshin Ayin Hey, as we have the first Chazak Chazak of this round of reading the Torah, Parshas Vayechi, Tavshin Ayin Hey, and let's start off with the beginning. Yaakov Avinu, towards the end of his life, Vayechi Yaakov, Be'eret Mitzrayim, and we know he calls his son Yosef, Vayikru Yime Yosef, Yisrael Lamus, Vayikru Lav Noli Yosef, Yisrael's days are numbered. And he calls to his son Yosef, If I find favor in your eyes, please swear to me, and you shall do kindness with me. Don't bury me in Egypt. Don't bury me in Mitzrayim. I'm going to die here. Bury me, ukvartani bikvurasam. Bury me in the cover of my avos in Maras Machpelah vayomar. And Yosef says, no problem. Anochi eesechidvarecha. I will do like your words. Simple question. His emphasis, Yaakov's emphasis here is, don't bury me in Mitzrayim. Why doesn't he focus on the opposite? Please bury me in Eretz Yisrael. Why does he say to the negative? I'll not degrade me in Mitzrayim. And Rashi's three Lashonos all explain that negative Lashon. And maybe that's even what Rashi's bothered by. Rashi has to go through three different explanations why Yaakov is demanding, don't bury me in Mitzrayim. Rashi says, as we know, Sofalios afarakinim umarach shintachas gufi. The dirt's going to turn into lice. I don't want to be in the ground when the dirt turns to lice in the Makkah of Kinim. Or number two, I don't want to have to roll. I want to be in Eretz Yisrael, get up there, and have a straight Tachiyah. And I don't want the Egyptians to worship me, to turn me into a deity. So all three are explaining, don't bury me in Mitzrayim for A, B, and C. Why does Rashi go to pains to explain that? Maybe exactly this problem. Why didn't Yaakov just say, bury me in Eretz Canaan? Why the emphasis of, don't bury me in Mitzrayim? Says Rav Elio Schlesinger, source number, source number, uh, source number one. Vasisa Yimadi, Chesed Vemes, Al-Nasik Reini Mitzrayim. Yishla Tamua, Madua Yaakov, Avinu, Mivakesh Bakasha, Zual Derech HaShlila, the Indian of Chashivos, of being buried in Eretz Yisrael. Why the emphasis? And that's why Rashi says, but he has another idea. The Nira Lomar says the Elah Advarim. Three psukim ago, the end of Ayigash. The Torah tells us, as we have spoken about these psukim in the past, Vayeshev Yisrael Be'eretz Mitzrayim Be'eretz Goshen. B'nai Yisrael lived in, Mitzr- in Goshen. Vayeachazuba. They had an achiza there. Vayifru Vayirbu Ma'od. Rashi quotes in the last two words of Rashi. Vayigash Lashon Achiza. There was a, a hold that they had. What's Rashi emphasizing? What is the Pazik emphasizing that they had an achiza there? So he quotes Rav Hirsch. We've discussed in the past the words of the Klayakar. Same idea. B'nai Yisrael were getting a little too comfortable in Mitzrayim. They were not just going down there lagur, but they were going down there to have an achuza. Parshas Vayechi, therefore, says the Elad Varm on line 13, is stuma, is closed, as Rashi points out. There, we don't have the usual space 
in between parshios in the in the written Torah as we usually have. Why? Because Yaakov Avinu already sees the writing on the wall. Yaakov sees what's happening to Am Yisrael. Parshas Vayechi, line thirteen. Parshas Stumahi. Parshas Vayechi, Hemshech Yashir Umechuvan Lisiuma Shal Parshas Vayigash Yaakov. Vayigash. The beginning of Vayechi is a direct connection to the end of Vayigash. Yaakov Avinu Chash Bisakanaha No Ra'a Ha'alula Lehisragesh Im Al Am Yisrael. He realizes the tremendous danger if his children and grandchildren and great grandchildren feel too comfortable in Gaulus. They should feel like Gerim, they should not feel like Toshavim. He sees what's going on here. I sent Yehuda to, Mitz- to Goshen to set up a yeshiva to have them separate and they're being comfortable here. And they're going to forget the Eretz Avod, says Yaakov to himself. How can I make sure that they don't bury me here? How can I make sure that they don't forget Eretz Yisrael? By emphasizing the fact that I don't want to be here. If I don't want to be here, I'm going to force them to remember the center of Jewish history. He is reminding his children, his family, He's saying, you're getting too comfortable, my children. I'm not even going to be buried here. I'm here for, I, I don't have a choice. There's a famine. And I have to be here. But one can't stay here. And he even adds and says, On a very practical level, we know that if he's buried in Mitzrayim, it's going to make it so much harder for his children to leave. How can we leave our father? How can we leave the Beis Akfaris here? That always gives gives a, a, any any people any any community. If there's a base akvaris in the area, that symbolizes hopefully their eternal connection with the land. If Yaakov's buried there, I'm sorry, we can't leave. This is our place. Yaakov didn't want to give them this excuse. He says, bury me in Africa. Don't bury me here. This is not the center. That's the emphasis. Yes, it's getting the same message across of, I want to be buried in Eretz Yisrael, but the emphasis is, this is not your place to be. This is not where I want to be. I do not want to ha- give you any excuse for remaining in this in this land. Says the Eile Hadvarim, and he quotes it also from the Meshachachma in the in the uh, continuation uh, that he quotes from the Meshachachma in Sefer Vayikra, uh, who expresses the same idea. But again, we mentioned a number of years ago, probably about six years ago or so, the words, the biting words of the Klayakar, the Klayakar writing in Prague in the 1500s, where he says, we still haven't learned our lesson. We're building big stone houses here in Gaulus, and we're forgetting. We're having an achiza here, says the Klayakar. And if that happens... Vayechi Yaakov, but it's a parsha stuma. It's a closed parsha, and Am Yisrael is not looking for the geula in that way. A related thought. So in the Drushim lechetzayim, a table we've quoted from in the past, Ramosha Dovalner, who used to be a rav in Ashkelon, he writes there. Maybe this helps us explain another Rashi. Look at the next pasuk. What happens? Yosef says, "I'll do it." Vayomer Yaakov says, "I don't trust you, Ishavali." 
I want to be secure. Vayishav alo, Yosef swears, and what does Yaakov do? Vayishtachu Yisrael al Rosh Yaakov bows down, you know, gives a little, gives a little bow. He's lying on the bed, so he gives a little, a little bow on the Rosh Hamita. What do you mean the Rosh Hamita? So Rashi again quotes two pshatim. What does Rosh Hamita mean? Pshat number one says Rashi, Hafach atzmo litzad hashchina. He was so happy that Yosef promised him he wants to give thanks to Hashem. So he turns to the head of the bed and he bows. And from here we learn that when anybody ever, anybody is sick, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is there taking care of the patient. Mikan amru, shashchina lamala mirasho, sav shalchola. The shechina is lamala. That's why one's not supposed to sit down in that area when one goes visits the uh, the patient. So number one, Rosh HaMitah, he bowed towards Hashem. Dover Acher, or Rashi quotes another pshat al Rosh HaMitah. Why is he bowing right now, right after Yosef swore to him that he's he's going to take him up to, to Eretz Canaan? Al shahaisa mitaso shlema. Because all of his children were tzaddikim. There was nobody who was a Russia. It wasn't like his father and his grandfather who had to throw someone out, had to throw out an Esau, had to throw out a Yishmael. He doesn't have to throw anybody out. Shahara Yosef Melechaya, because Yosef was the king. Because he sees Yosef is still Omeid in his righteousness. He's still, he's still good. The question is, why did Yaakov just do this now? He knew already who Yosef was. Yosef already sent him last week, the Agolos, Egla Rufa. He already spoke to Yosef. He's learning Torah with Yosef's children. He knows what kind of education Yosef has been giving his kids. What happened just now that makes Yaakov say, Oh, Baruch Hashem. I'm so glad. He bows to the Shrina. He says, Oh, Baruch Hashem, all my children are great. What made him say that just now? Says the Jerusalem Lechapseihem. Line number two. Source number two. What did Yosef reflect in the Shvua? He just swore that he would not bury his father in Mitzrayim. What does that show? This really shows Yosef is still Yosef. And he hasn't forgotten all the Torah of Shem Ve'ever that Yaakov gave him. Right? He hasn't forgotten who he was and the Jewish values that Yaakov instilled in him. How? Imagine, you are the viceroy in Egypt. You are the second in command. And let's say your father is going to die. And Pyro is going to say, Yosef, we'll give your father a state funeral. Perfect, amazing. We'll give him all the covet, everything. We'll let him be buried in the, in the Har HaMalachim. The best, the best burial plot. And Yosef is going to have to say, and he's going to say, this land is not good enough for my father. Sorry. I have to return my father to our homeland. I have to return my father to our roots and our destiny. And Yosef's got to have the guts to say that. He's got to be able to stand up and say, Yaakov, my father is not buried here, which is what's saying what in effect? Our people, we don't belong here. We're not staying here. That's ultimately what that act would reflect. And what does Yosef say? I'm ready to do it. I'm ready to do it. So Yaakov says, He's ready to put himself in danger. Yosef is a traitor. He does, he's not one of us. They hate us. They don't consider this their homeland. 
You know what? We give them food. We give them everything. They come to Mitzrayim, and this is what they do to us. Bekalzos still kibal atzmo b'shvua sheyik barotzo bekfuras avosav, and yet he's bekabal on himself b'shvua that he's going to bury up there bekfuras avosav. And Yaakov hears that he says, "Vayishtachu Yisrael al Roshamita." He bows to the Roshamita. Yosef is omed b'tzedkuso the mesiris nefesh that he shows that he's going to have. So now Yaakov could say, Mitasi Shlema. All my children are following my path. And this is, this is what I realized that Yosef has not forgotten that Eretz Kanaan is really the focus of, of our lives. He realizes everything, everything is above him. The Shechin is Lamalami Rashosav, at least uh, even figuratively. And called David Rahman Latava, but Yaakov puts everything into perspective and he realized everything is good. Remember at the end of last week's year we mentioned Yaakov says Shema Yisrael on his way down. Doesn't only mean literally Shema Yisrael, it means recognizing everything is from HaKadosh Bar. Okay. Moving right along. Let's talk about these first couple of Psukim, taking a step back and seeing the order and the focus of the Psukim. So what happens in the parsha? What's the order of the parsha? Yo- Yaakov, as we know, calls over his son. Right, his days are numbered. He calls over his son. Please swear to me that you're going to bury me back in Eretz Canaan. And Yosef swears. Next pasuk. After these words, Yosef is told, "Your father is sick." And Yosef says, "Really?" Uh oh, I better I better go quickly. He grabs his children, Menasha Nephraim, Vayagela Yaakov, Yosef Boilecha, the Yaakov is told that Yosef is coming and he strengthens himself, Vayeshavalamita, and then he has the conversation. Asks the Torah Tamima in his Sefer Tosefes Bracha, source number three. Let's think about the order of these Psukim. The Psukim say that first Yaakov makes Yosef swear that he should be buried in Canaan, and the next person says, oh, Yaakov gets sick. Shouldn't the order be the opposite? First he gets sick, and then he should be worried about his burial. What, is this just a message that people should worry about the future before they get into that, that age bracket? The order switched. Ask the Tosefus Bracha. When somebody starts thinking about what's going to be after 120, so that's where they start worrying about these issues. Yosef was, Yaakov was still healthy. And only afterwards, he gets sick. After these things, now he has it all arranged, and then, and then he gets sick. So why is that? What's the, why is the order switched? And then he also continues. The Ozepelakan, another question on line six. Kibinoheg besipurim uma oraot, ragilakasiv lahodia mikodem, sibas dover hamaisa shiavo. Whenever the Torah says anything, whenever any, any properly written book, Wahabdul says anything, first the background is given to explain the events that are about to take place. You don't write the event and then say the background. You say the background and then the events. 
When he did the brachas with Yaakov and Esau, what does it say? Yitzchak is getting old. He can't really see. That sets the stage. That sets the stage for the whole story of Yaakov and Esau. And that's how Yaakov is able to get the brachas. The background and then the act. And here, what do we have? We have, after these things, it was told to Yosef, your father's sick. Why doesn't it say? Your father, Yosef's father, Yaakov got sick. And Yosef then heard about it and then brought his sons. It doesn't say that. It says, first, what happened? It doesn't say it. We like coming to know the story. Yosef is told his father's sick. I didn't know Yaakov was sick. Didn't say that earlier. As if there was a surprise. Like we didn't know about it. Suggest the Tosefes Bracha in a creative vein. V'yitachem lomar. It's possible ki be'emes chosh Yaakov atzmochole on mikodem be'ishakarvu yamavlamos. Remember how the parsha starts off? His days v'yikrivu yimei Yisrael lamos. His days were numbered. Did he know that? Suggest the Tosefes Bracha, yes. He started feeling it. And that answers question one, why he's worried about the kfura. He was getting sick. He was getting old. And that's why he started started taking care of, of him, what he had to do. But he didn't want anybody else to know about it yet. He covered it up. He put on a good show. Why? The Yosem He says this is even works out according to the Gemara in Bamitzia. It's also a Pirkei Jerebi Eliezer. Da'ad Yaakov lo'avi Misa. We mentioned this a number of years ago. Yaakov was the first person in history to get sick. It used to be people just got old and when it was time to die, they died. They didn't get sick. Yaakov Davin, please make me sick before I die. I want to have some warning. Right? It used to be, the, the Perkin de Blazer says, people used to sneeze and die. That's why we say, God bless you. So the Gemara says, Uba Yaakov So if that's the case, So Yaakov, obviously, if he asked for it, he realized what was going on. But Idafka didn't tell his son why. If Yosef knew that Yaakov was, was getting old and sick, then it could be that his Shavua wouldn't have been truthful. His Shavua wouldn't have been uh, Meant in the perfect way. He might not have meant it totally. Why? We hold. Sometimes if somebody's sick and we don't want them to get sicker, we're worried about their health, you're let to lie for their health. You're let to say, yeah, everything's fine. If you want to do that. So if you would have been sick, Yosef might have said to himself, you know what? Okay, let me just swear to him that I'm going to do this. But... You know, without really having intention that he was going to do it. The kavan of the promise. He shouldn't become uh, emotionally upset. And it's called nidre onsin, as is said in Yeridea. That's why Yaakov was sick. The Torah doesn't say it. Because it was hidden. Yaakov hid it. That it wouldn't be a false oath. So that's why the Torah describes him as, as 
healthy because that's what Yosef wanted all of us to, to recognize and, and think. Once he got the promise, he's like, okay. And then he let it out. But it was like the middle of the story. Yosef found out about it. It doesn't say. And he got sick because he got sick beforehand. But it was just in secret because he didn't want Yosef to know about it because they couldn't be sure about the shvu. Okay. Moving right along. Parag Memches, Pasik Tezayin. So we have the special brachos that are given. Yosef brings his children. He elevates them to the level of shvatim. Kiruvein v'shimon yuli. Shimon Rabbanashin Ephraim become on the level of shvatim for various halachos. He gives a little history why Rachel was not buried where she was buried, where in Amaris Vachpela. Yosef brings his kids. And we have the switching of the hands, which we're not going to do right now. Discussed that at length in the past. But what's the bracha? He switches the hands, and then he gives Yosef a bracha. My forefathers, Hakadosh Baruch Hu, who went in front of my forefathers, Hakadosh Baruch Hu, who shepherded me from then until today. These children should have a special bracha. And they should be called in my name. Famous Pasuk. They should be very, have multitudes. Just like fish have tremendous pruravu uh, abilities. So, they should be many. Rashi. Like fish that multiply in a very plentiful way. There's all nine and fish. They're machusa, right? V'yidgalera b'kar v'aretz. Asks the Vilna Gaon. Ask many. The Vilna Gaon gives an answer. This is not in the, uh, this is not Deris Elio, but it's also quoted in the Ksava Kabbalah. Ksava Kabbalah is the source for many thoughts from the Gra. So if you source number four, you have the Ksava Kabbalah. Quoting this question. Ephraim and Menashe got a special bracha from Yaakov Avinu. V'yidgalera b'kar v'aretz. Look in the numberings, all the times in the Torah that Ephraim and Menashe are mentioned, and all the numberings in Bamidbar, Pinchas, they're not so much greater than the other Shvatim. They're not the biggest Shevet. So what kind of bracha is this? He gives them a special... They're the only ones that got this bracha. Everybody else has their own unique characters that Yaakov described. And here, they get a special bracha to have multitudes... They're no greater than the other Shvatim. In the Midbar and Arvos Moav, in the beginning of the 40 years, at the end of the 40 years. So, why not? Says the Gra, I'll ask another question, which will help answer both questions. And that is, if you look in Sefer Yehoshua, we know... Yeshua spent many years splitting up all of the Nachla, every Shevet receiving their Nachla, and that was a tough job. Pretty tough job, giving out portions to all of Am Yisrael. And yet, if we look in the Psukim, only one Shevet complains. Only one. Nobody complains. Nobody complains. Because it was from the Ur Metumim. Nobody complains, except for one, Menashe. Menashe said, it's not big enough. 
My chalik is not big enough. The Pesukim describe it. In Paragizayin of Yeshua, you see the Grah quotes it on line 6. Vayidabru b'nei Yosef es Yoshua le'mar. Maduna satali nachla gora lechad v'cheva lechad. Why are you only giving me one portion? Vani amrav. Ad asher. Ad ko barchani Hashem. Hashem's giving me such a bracha. Says the Grah, look closely. Menashe had the largest population growth from when they went into Eretz Yisrael, those years. Right when they went into Eretz Yisrael, boom! That's when their population growth spread out and that's where the bracha took place. And that's why they had the largest ratio of increase from the time of Yitzhiyaz Mitzrayim than any other Shevet. 70% increase. That's why they were the only ones that complained. And that's where the bracha took place. That was it. And says the Gra. Let's read the Pasik closely. We never focus on that last word. We just sing it. But we don't realize it. Says the Gra. It's Meduyak. Yaakov Avinu Dafka gave them that bracha. That's why. Says the Gravi Lomar, back on line two. Kibirchas Yaakov Olav Asholem Luribuyim Loaisa Rak Alzman Knisasam Laretz Kamoshachasim Bitvarav. Let's focus on that when we sing it. Bekerav Aretz Ube Emes Be Kansam Laretz Beshevashanim Shekivshu. Those seven first seven years that they were battling the thirty-one kings, Azchalal and Birchas Yaakov, and they multiplied unbelievably, and that's why they were the only ones that complained because they had the most in terms of the ratio. So that gives shot and makes us appreciate that every word in the Torah is magic. Every word in the Torah is meant to teach us something. Even a Pasuk that we're so familiar with, we don't even focus on one of the words. But then the question is, why? So why was the bracha only then? Why was the bracha only only in Eretz Canaan, Eretz Yisrael? So if you look in the Rinas Yitzchak on Sefer Yoshua on that parak, Rav Yitzchak Saratskin, the grandson of, of the... Aznayim Latorah, Rav Zalman Saratskin. He quotes this idea from Adaris Eliyahu, which we also had in the Tzavah Kabbalah. Remember, all the Sfarim we have from the Gra on Chumash are from his Talmidim. So, it's, he didn't write anything. So, Adaris Eliyahu is from Talmidim, and the Tzavah Kabbalah is, is Talmidim's Talmidim's Talmidim. So, it's all second-hand. But it's all thoughts from the, from the Gra. So, he quotes the, the thought on line 6, Ulufizeh, Lo nimsu b'pikudav yosem ishar shvatim, kasher nifkudu b'midbar, ubar v'smoav, Right, and that's why. But now the question is why? Line 13. For certain purposes, isn't the east side of the Yardain also? Right, it's a sugya in itself. For which halachas is it considered Eretz Yisrael? And for which halachas is it not? But already Avrayardin, why did it start there? Vigam Mikivan Shalokha Kadusha Saaretz El Lachar Kibush Vachilak. And if you want to say, oh, it's only when this full Kadusha Saaretz, so it should have been only after fourteen years. That's when the Mitzvah of Shumas and Maestra started. That's when full Kadusha Saaretz was in place. Says the Rinas Yitzchak, Venira says, Let me explain. There are two levels of Kadusha Saaretz. The real answer is the bracha was only in Eretz Yisrael because it was a function of the Kedusha Saaretz. We'll get to why in a second. But I, the Kedusha didn't start fully until after 14 years. Not true. 
There's Kedusha the first second they went in. There's Kedusha from the times of Avraham Avinu. Two levels of sanctity. There's one Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael, Legabe, Mitzvos, Atulias, Ba'aretz. That did not start until after 14 years. Trumas and Maestros, Lady Mitzvos, Atulias, Ba'aretz, number one. And that, for most purposes, Bizman Hazer, if not all, is Durabanan. That Kedusha Bizman Hazer, Trumas and Maestros, are all Durabanan. There's no full Kedusha, Legabe, Mitzvos, Atulias, Ba'aretz. But then there's a second Kedusha. The Kedusha about the inherent status of Eretz Yisrael. V'shein is Kedusha sa'shchina. Ve'ever hayardein lo shavet la'eretz Yisrael le'inyin shchina. And ever hayardein. Maybe it has certain mitzvahs ha'tuliyas ba'aretz that we extend. But regarding Kedusha shchina as an outgrowth of the Beis HaMikdash, as an expansion, so that's not an ever hayardein. And one might even add, sometimes you can have it more intense in certain places of Eretz Yisrael than in others. Regarding Mitzvah Satuliyas Ba'aretz, there's no difference between growing something in Eretz in Yerushalayim and growing something in anywhere else in Eretz Yisrael. It's all the same Mitzvah Hatuliyas Ba'aretz. But regarding the other Kedusha, Kedusha Shechina, for sure there's differences. Yerushalayim is more Kadosh. Right? Eating Kadosh Kalim throughout the city. But there are many differences. Moshe Feinstein writes in Parshas Vashchanan and the Drash Moshe. There's more Kedusha. And that's why the mission says exubis. If, if a husband and wife, one wants to live in Yerushalayim, one not. Various halachas related. And that's why, line 23, That special bracha that he gave these two shvatim, that he just elevated, it has to do with not the general Kedusha Sa'aretz Lagabe Mitzvos, but Kedusha Sa'aretz Lagabe the inherent status of the land. Only Even though the Kedusha of the Mitzvah didn't start till after the 14 years, the Kedusha of the Shechina was there already. And one might even say before they even went in. So we have the Grah, Dafka, why are they the only ones that complain and why, where did this bracha take place? Did it take place in the Torah? So number one is that it took place Dafka in Eretz Yisrael, Vidgo Rabbi Kerva Aretz. Why? Because it's a function of the Shechina. I might just add one other point, and that is there are two Shvatim here. So why did a Dafka happen to Menashe? And they were the ones that complained, and not to Ephraim. So maybe one could follow this theme and say, Menashe was the one that was split. Chati Shevet Menashe. And was on the east side, and the other half was in Eretz Yisrael proper. Maybe the greatest illustration of reflecting the Kedusha and emphasizing the Kedusha was taking the one Shevet that had half his Shevet on one side and half on the other side and give them the bracha when they were in Eretz Yisrael proper. So maybe Dafka, that's why Menashe was picked. His half, they didn't get the bracha when the other half was left in, um, it wasn't left. They came through with Chalutzim as they promised to come. But the bracha was only after they went in to even emphasize to Menashe especially and to the other Shvatim. Remember, this half of your Shevet is in the real, the real deal. 
This half has Kedusha Shechina and not just Kedusha's, Kedusha's Mitzvahs. Okay. Continuing. So that was to Ephraim and Menashe. And as we know, that's the bracha that we give to our children. Uh, whatever one's minhag is, whether it is uh, every Shabbos or once a year, the bracha to be like Ephraim and Menashe, we've discussed many times in the past, uh, why Dafka those children are, are picked. They grew up in Gullus, so they have the, just like a Jew, Jews in Gullus give that. They're the first siblings without sibling rivalry in the Sefer Bracious. So, either way, various, uh, they, they work together, one in Ruchnius, one in Gashmius. Many different shots that we've given in the past. But then we get to the, the meat of the Parsha, which is the brachos, in quotes, as we'll see, the foretelling of the future of all the Shvatim. And that's Parak Memtes. Vayigra Yaakov el Yaakov collects his children, calls to them by Yomer, Hey, Asvuva Agidalachem, gather round, and I will tell you, I will tell you what's going to happen in the future. I'm going to tell you what's going to happen in the future. Ask the Ksav Sofer. Two separate points of the Ksav Sofer, but it's two questions with two separate points. Question number one is. Why the need for this? Hey, asvu va'agidalachem. Right? He's about to give every shevet their own personal bracha, so to speak. So every shevet should come in one by one, and then afterwards, as we know, at the end, he then he says something to all of them. Right? All the way at the end, after he finishes binyamin, kol el shifti yisrael shem asar v'zos asher dibol hamraviyam vayivarachosam ish asher kibir chasov beirachosam. So at the end. But why is he gathering them all together now? So you might say, well, he gathered them because he was going to tell them about the real Geula, but then, as the Gemara tells us, the Ruach HaKodesh left him, and then he had them all there, but it was only for that reason. But if you just look in the text, look in the text without the Midrashim, gather rounds. Why is he gathering them all uh, right here? Question one. Question two, we'll deal this, with this afterwards, but let's just get out the questions on the table. Says the Ksava Kabbalah, Pasuk Beis. He kapsu v'shimu b'nei Yaakov. V'shimu al Yisrael avichem. Listen, b'nei Yaakov, listen to Yisrael, your father. Two different names of the same person in this Pasuk. He says to them, listen up, b'nei Yaakov. Listen to your father, Yisrael. Why the switch of the names, B'nai Yaakov and, and, uh, and Yisrael? Says the Ksav Sofer. He kavsu. He kavsu v'shimu b'nai Yaakov. Why the gathering of them together? He kavsu, source number six. Ksav Sofer, the great son of the Chassam Sofer. Nearly dehiktim he kavsu api b'ashamru Chazal. Like Chazal tell us in the last Mesechta in Shas Mishnayis. The end of Uksin, the last Mishnah. The greatest bracha that the Jewish people can have is achdus, is peace. Shalom. That's the greatest. And before Yaakov Avinu gives his last message to each of the Shvatim, he says, you got to be together. you got to be together. There was so much pirud in your history, children. The B'nai Leah, 
were above the B'nai Shvachos. Zu B'nai Rachel and Eged B'nai Leah. But everybody thinks my mother is bigger than your mother. They can't say it about their father because they all have the same father. But in terms of the mothers, they're all boasting. Avo be'emes kulam b'nei av echad They have to realize they all have one father. And by the way, it's also the same father with a capital H. Capital F. Ukidechziv. Halo av echa lukulanu. Ve'hainu. And that's the message. He kavsu v'shimo b'leiv. Ki b'nei Yaakov kochem. Listen and realize. Ve'ein l'echa l'skaos yoser mechavero. Ve'asi shapir. Realize that this is this is what you need to do. You need to be together. Hey, us, he suvashimu. You need to be together. And just to give another parallel from Sefer Yehoshua, as we just had in the in the Grah, another parallel. Right before Yehoshua ben Nun crosses the Yardane with Am Yisrael, what happens in Yehoshua? If you look in source number seven, Yeshua ben Nun is gathering them together and giving them instructions about how to cross the Yardin. By Yomer Yeshua ben Yisrael, where it's we're boldface. Kshuena, come close. Kshuena, come close. Who's he talking to? He's talking to ben Yisrael. How can millions of people come close? Says Rashi there in Sefer Yeshua, Simsem as Kulam ben Shnei Bade Aron. Miraculously, the entire Jewish people were put. Will fit in between the poles of the Aron. Yeshua squeezed them in. It wasn't a squeeze. It was a miracle. One of the places, few places, Chazal tell us that a small place was able to have multitudes of people. But amazing nace. The question is, why do you need that nace here? Okay, usually there's a reason for a nace. What do you need this nace for? To get all of Am Yisrael between the Badim at this junction in history? Why? Says, says, says the Mishpitz Ozav, quoting here in Sefer Yoshua. Yesh Levara, what a great Likud Sefer on Sefer Yoshua. Yesh Levara in Yezashet, Simsimus, Kulun Babachom Echad, why? Just like Yaakov Avinu says, before you continue in history, before you, I'm going to tell you the future. You want to know the secret? Be together. Have Shalom, have Achtus. So Yoshua is telling them the same thing. Before you go into Eretz Yisrael, you want to know how to state Zoha to this land? What eventually is going to cause you all the ultimate problems? The 2,000-year Golos in Aschinam. The Pirud. That's going to throw you out of this land. Before you go into this land, you know what you need? We need Achtus Lavavos. Shaklal Yisrael, Kibalas Eretz Yisrael, Rak, Bishchus, Hayoso, Guf, Echav, and Nefesh Echad. The Bnei Yisrael were Makabel Eretz Yisrael, Rak, Bishchus, that they viewed themselves as one nation. Kulam Bnei Kalchai. The Torah was not given to individuals. Just one. And that's why the Mepharshim point out, he quotes it from the Sefer Chassidim. When did we get the principle of Arevus? Why don't we get there right after Harsinai? Why don't we get there right after Harsinai? No, it didn't apply yet after Harsinai. When one Jew did something wrong, that one Jew was punished. The Mekoshesh and the Megadev. One Jew was punished. All the way. We come into Eretz Yisrael, and what happens? Achan takes from the spoils in Yericho, and all the Jewish people are held accountable. What happened? The end of the 40 years. Moshe Rabbeinu made us into Guf Echad. Call Yisrael Arevim Zelazeh. Why Dafka then? Because that's what Eretz Yisrael requires. To be in one land, we got to be one nation. 
Bechulu. We needed it by, by Harsinai. We needed it going into Eretz Yisrael. And that's why Yoshua gathers the entire Am between the Badim of the Aron. As if to say, right, this is, this is what you need. So Yaakov Avinu does it right before. He passes on right before Jewish history is about to start. Right, Yaakov's death means the death, and, and the Shvatim in Vayechi, Yaakov is giving him the message that they should pass on, obviously, to their children and their children. This is the start of Am Yisrael. Sefer Bracious is the safer of individuals. Sefer Shmos is the safer of a nation. Right, the first person to call the Jewish people a nation was Paro. Right, the beginning of next week's Parsha. B'nai Yisrael, we become, this is the beginning. We got to be as one. We got to act as one. That's the achdus. That's the that's the message. Okay, moving right along. Maybe the most intriguing set of psukim in all the brachos, the ones that are the most unclear or the most what kind of message is he giving his children? Is Shimon and Levi. Shimon and Levi. What exactly? Uh, is Shima, oh, I'm sorry, I forgot. The second Ksava Kabbalah. The second part. I knew I, should, I mentioned it. The second question. The second part of going back to the Ksava Kabbalah. Part two. Ksav Sofer, I'm sorry. Not Ksav Kabbalah, Ksav Sofer. Yes, thank you. The second part of the Ksav Sofer, where he asks the next question. It's a separate thought. But a separate question. He says, why the next Pasik? Pasik Bays. When Yaakov says, so after he gathers them, he says, Ikapsu Vishimu B'nai Yaakov. Listen, B'nai Yaakov. Listen to Yisrael, your father. Why the switch of the title? He's talking about himself. So is this just B'nai Yaakov because that's the biological name? Well, listen to Yisrael. And Yisrael is the more, whenever we mentioned this in the past, Yisrael is the name that's used in the Torah when Yaakov is not just playing one of the Avos, but he's playing the heralder of the destiny of Am Yisrael. He's not acting as an individual, but he's acting as someone who is symbolic of the whole nation. So that could be. He says, listen, B'nai Yaakov, B'nai, your biological father Yaakov, I'm about to tell you, Yisrael, what's going to be in the future for our nation. That's one answer. Suggest the Ksav Ksav Sofer, a different answer. Yaakov Avinu is about to not only give them brachos, but also to give them a little musr. As we know, for sure, from the first three Shvatim. And as we've just explained, all the other Shvatim are standing there. So all the Shvatim are going to be taking this Musr. The Ksav Sofer says it's very hard to take Musr from someone if one of two things are true. If I think of myself as great, I'm amazing, I'm awesome. So if I think that, then I'm not going to be able to hear what anybody has to say. The more I hold myself up, the more I'm less likely to accept anything that anybody has to say. A. B, even if I don't think of myself as so great, if I think the other person is pretty low, so I also won't accept the muster. I'm not such a great person, but what's it his business talking to me like that? I know I have a lot to work on, but him giving me muster? Let him work on himself. So if either I think of myself as great or the other per, as the mochiach the as not so great, so then that's, that's a problem. So Yaakov Avinu says to his children, listen, B'nai Yaakov, what I am going to tell you, Yisrael. Yaakov is the name of Akev, the heel, lowly, always behind the scenes. Yisrael, Kisarisa, 
Yisrael is the noble, the high, the enlightened, the great. That's what he's telling his his, his Yaakov. He comes to Vishimu, listen to this. B'nei Yaakov, B'nei Yaakov. That's how you should have to think of yourself. That's how you're able to listen. And listen to, who are you listening to? Yisrael Avichem. Meaning realize who you are and who I am. Not in a gaiva way. He's giving them maybe a message for life. To always hold oneself in a state where I can learn, right? Someone who realizes they can learn from anybody. And listen, treat everyone else as a, as a Yisrael. Right? The smak, one of the monia mitzvos, counts a separate mitzvos asei d'oraisa. To listen to be makabal tochacha. Makabal tochacha. Umal as besar alaschem, as besar lavavchem. That pasuk, he says, a mitzvah not only to give tochacha, a separate mitzvah to be makabel tochacha. That's probably one of the hardest mitzvahs we'll ever have to f- try to fulfill. That's what he says, mitzvah daraisa. Okay, adkan baruch Hashem. We didn't forget the ksav sofer. Now we move on. Now we get to the brachas. So probably could be arguably the most difficult brachas to try to figure out are Shimon and Levi's brachas. They really don't seem like brachas. Ruvain's as well. Ruvain's also doesn't seem like a bracha. But we'll focus on Shimon and Levi. What did the Pesukim say? Shimon and Levi Achim. Shimon and Levi are brothers. Klei Hamas Mechero Sehem. Weapons are what they do. Bisodam Atavok Fodi. In their groupings. Right? Don't, I don't want to be with them, says Yaakov. Don't put me with their actions. In their anger they killed and with their own ratzon they uprooted an ox. This is of course referring to Shem, they killed, and Shar, Yosef is called the Shar, they were the ones that threw him into the pit and the whole story occurred. He cursed their anger. Two opposite approaches among the Mepharshim. Two opposite approaches. First, as we had before, the Jerusalem Lechapseim, so once it was open, I looked around. A second thought. From the Jerusalem Lechapseim, again, from Ravalner, who was the Rav in Ashkelon. He says, this is, this is a, uh, not such a bracha. He's giving them Musr here. Giving them Musr. But what's the root of the Musr? Such, such sharp Musr he's giving them. What's the sharp Musr? He says, line five. Every sin is, is very dangerous. But a sin is even more dangerous, says the Jerusalem Lechav Sehem, If we do an Avera, we do an Avera, fine, we sin. Then we say, okay, we, I couldn't control myself. But if we do something wrong, if we do a Chet in the name of blank, in the name of brotherhood, in the name of Torah, in the name of a mitzvah, that's so much more pernicious. We did something wrong, we did something wrong. But if I do something wrong and label it as, well, I have a good excuse because this is what love is. This is what it means to have achtus. This is what it means, this is what the Torah wants. So that's even worse. When I have a banner, that's terrible. What is Yaakov saying? Shimon and Levi, 
you say, you're going to tell me there was nothing wrong with what you did in Shechem. You did it, L'Shem Achma. What this happened to our sister? How could this happen to our sister? Brotherhood. Achma. Yaakov says, no, no. You're mislabeling it. The whole city? One, one guy did a terrible thing. Same thing with Yosef. Why do they say Yosef? He's ruining the family. This is a plague in the family. We have to rid the family of this, of this leech. He's a leech. Right? All about brotherhood. Says the Jerusalem Lechavseim. Yaakov says to them, this wasn't, this wasn't, uh, no, no, no. It was weaponry. It was a hate. It was murder. It was Hamas no rock. Hamas Instead of relying on God, they belong with your enemies. And he says the same thing with my Zimri, right? And later on in history, Zimri was from Shevet Shimon, Cosby and Zimri. They stood up and said, Moshe, how could you do such a thing and marry this woman? Again, all in the, in the, in the name of God. Chatoim in the name of God. B'Korach. What does Korach do? Right, this is not Shimon Levi. Korach, well, I'm sorry, it is from Levi. Right, Korach. What does Korach do? I, 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 he says to the whole Am, I, I'm standing up for all of you. This is nothing for me personally. How could Moshe do this? He gives all of the positions to his family. Nepotism. How could this be? He says, right? All the all of the chatayim, so many in history, are in the name of some value, and we find this, by the way, just as Derech Agav, not only in Judaism, we find this many times in other religions too, right? Throughout the Crusades, it was all in the name of God, right? In the name of their God, but it was all in the name of God. So once you say that, it's not murder. If I'm doing this shame a greater cause, I'm not really murdering. It's all excusable. And throughout history, that's what our enemies have said. But this message is that we shouldn't even do it either. We can't make mistakes. We, can, we can't falter, even not in as extreme cases, right? Not to, to do something, not to get the davening on time in the name of whatever value. We have to make sure that we're honest with ourselves. That's one direction, how we can understand the brothers and what Yaakov said to them. But there's a very opposite idea, exactly an opposite idea that we have from Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky. And this we might have mentioned in other contexts, but let's see what Rabbi Yaakov says. Says Rabbi Yaakov, I'm bothered by the Rashi on this Pasuk. Source number 10 we're up to. What does Rashi say? Says Rashi, Pirish Rashi, Really, there's a hidden bracha here. Or there's a reality that we have to figure out. What is Yaakov telling them? Rushimon Levi, you're going to be teachers throughout the land. Malamde Tinokos, teachers. Shimon Levi, you're going to be great. You're going to be the great, the teachers, the leaders. That's what he says. One second, Shimon Levi, 
who acted in such an extreme, radical way. Yaakov is saying, Achalkin be Yaakov, Afitzin be Yisrael. They're going to be throughout? They're going to be throughout the land? Why is that appropriate? And just to add, if you look down and further in history, it worked out for Levi. We don't find anywhere that Shimon were the leaders, the teachers. Levi became Levi, as we know. But Shimon didn't. So what happened? The bracha was supposed to work for both of them. So question one is, what kind of bracha is this for these two personalities? Number two, we only find that the bracha came true by one of the two shvatim. So let's answer each question separately. Why, Dafka, were they appropriate to be makabal this bracha? Line seven. Mikom makom bidafka mina Yaakov et ashvatim elu. Litafkidim naalim elu. Dafka Yaakov chose these shvatim. For these tafkidim. Shalchina chabanu mishmir sashmishi kedusha of education. Why? Ki rak shimon velevi heru asakanos. Says Rabbi Yaakov, again, turning everything on its head, than we just said. In a way, there is a certain positive element in what Shimon and Levi did. Not what they did, but what they showed. Yaakov realizes that even though all the brothers felt bad about what happened to their sister Dina, only Shimon and Levi felt like it happened to them. And it made them feel differently and deeper. And that's why, yes, in that circumstance, they applied it inappropriately. But Yaakov saw that midah in them. The midah of vicarious feelings for the other. And in order to have atzlacha in teaching, you have to have that feeling. I once, recently, somebody told me a story about a certain gadol whose child was in a, an elementary school class 60, 70 years ago. And the child came home and the Rebbe had hit him. Rebbe had hit him. So the, 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 the gadol, I don't know if it's a public story, I didn't hear me pee, um, that from the person who, who uh, knew it before this, I don't want to mention the name. So he goes to the, goes to the Rebbe in the class and says, Says, what, um, you know, what's going on? He says he needed, you know, like, if you, if, right, if he did something at home, you would also hit him. I hit him like a father would. So the Godel says to the Rebbe, that's okay. As long as you also hug him like a father would. When he doesn't do anything wrong. Shimon and Levi had the potential because they felt for the other person. They were on fire. And that's the answer to Yaakov says, okay, I realize it now. So go be the greatest teachers. Part one. So this was the meat that he saw in them. So then what happened? What happened later in history, though? We only find it by Levi. They were the ones that didn't worship the Egel. They were the ones that had greatness come out from them. They were the ones. What happened? Was it Shimon's fault? So suggests Yaakov. Suggests Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky. Amnam, line 21. Levi did, but not Shimon. Why? 
he explains that it might not have been Shimon's fault, somewhat, but it's based on the reality of history. Sheva Levi was not Meshubad in Mitzrayim. Sheva Levi, therefore, was open to learning and learning and focusing on Torah, being committed to Torah. Sheva Levi had that. You might even say in a certain unusual way, maybe that's gave them the ability to like not take part in the ego later in history. But he says, their life was focused and anchored in Torah. When one's life is anchored in Torah, then Kanotlus, if you could call it that, that Shimon and Levi had, or the extreme feelings that they had, then it could be channeled properly. If one is not an anchored in Torah, then Kanois is just becomes a Ziafa Torah, as Zimri and Kuzbi told us later on in history in Parshas Pinchas. Pinchas himself. Pinchas, Pinchas was from Sheva Levi. We think of him as a Kanoi for what he did. But really explains Rabbi Yaakov, he wasn't a Kanoi only when it was appropriate. We know again, third time according Sefer Yoshua here. The end of source number 10. Says Rabbi Yaakov, at the end of Sefer Yoshua, remember, after all of the Shvatim get all the lands that they're supposed to get, what happens? Reuben, Gad, and Menashe start going back to Eret, to the Eber Yardin, and they build a big Mizbeach right before they go back. And the rest of Am Yisrael says, what are they doing? They're building another Mizbeach. What are they, forgetting about God? And they were about to start a civil war. Who do they send to make peace? Pinchas. Pinchas is the Ish Shalom. Meaning, it's all about what is needed, L'shem Shamayim. If one is grounded in Torah, truthfully, really, so then all the midos that we have could be applied properly. And that's why we only find that Levi had this bracha fulfilled and not Shimon, even though they both had the ability within them to take it to that next level. You see, let's just read the last paragraph from Rabbi Yaakov on the left side on the bottom. Amnami Pinchas, Semela Kanoas Atahora, Onulamedim Kanoas Amitis Mahi. The Matsinim say for Yoshua, he quotes, he starts talking to them and he eventually makes peace with them. That's a true Ish Shalom, someone that is anchored in Torah. Okay, finally, the last thought for uh, this evening for Sefer Bracious. The last thought, by the way, just to to keep in mind the vicarious feelings and the and as we mentioned before, the Shalom that we have to feel. As tonight is Asar B'teves, uh, the uh, we mentioned in past years the thought of the Chassam Sofer, the unbelievable thought of the Chassam Sofer, that every year on Asar B'teves is when Hashem decides whether there's going to be a Tisha B'av the following summer. Asar B'teves is the day that HaKadosh Baruch Hu decides. Why? Why Dafka Asar B'teves? So Rabbi Simon in the Imre Barak quotes that we know that every fast day is about related to a certain chait. Tisha B'av is related to the Miraglim. Shavas of Atamuz is related to the Egel. It's the day the Luchos were broken. Chazal don't tell us, Asar B'teves, what chait is it, it's related to. So it suggests, Emre Baruch, he quotes, maybe it's Mechiris Yosef. That's the chait. That's always read at this time of year. Mechiris Yosef, Sinas China. That's the root. That's why Asura B'teves is the day. The Beis HaMikdash was destroyed because of Sinas Chinam. So Hashem looks down every Asura B'teves, Bechiris Yosef. 
Are B'nai Yisrael any better this year? Are we doing any better? As we said, what did Yaakov Avinu do? He gathered everybody beforehand. He gathered everybody beforehand. We have to make sure we have that attitude. And finally, just one last thought. One other bracha to talk about. Yisachar. Yisachar. Chamor Gorem. Yisachar is a, a laden donkey. Rovates Bein HaMishpatayim. He's crouching between the borders. What's Mishpatayim? It says, Uncle is Bein Tchumaya. Between the borders. So, Yisachar Chamor Gorem. We know. Chazal tell us, Rashi quotes it, the Ola Torah. Right, he can he- hold the heavy load, Yisachar, or the, or the uh, Tamidich HaChamim. So the Tamidich HaChamim, they were carrying a heavy load, crouching between the borders. What does that mean, Rovets bin HaMishpasayim? Says the Yagdal Torah, quoting Rabbi Yechesko Panet. Rabbi Yechesko Panet once said, Mashezachisi Lema'at Torah. The schus that I have, in the, for the little Torah that I have been zochet to, if I know anything, you know why I've been zochet to it? It's from the 15 minutes. What 15 minutes? I'm zochet to Torah for the 15 minutes. Why? Usually, if you have 15 minutes left for anything, it's basically over. 15 minutes left to a shear, we're already like uh, getting ready. 15 minutes left to a class, we're like putting our books away. 15 minutes left to anything. You know, it's already done. It's over obatel. Says if you panet, no, no, no. 15 minutes in between two things, if we take every 15 minutes seriously, we're in between classes, we're in between something. We're not supposed to be doing anything now. That's where we can become a Tamar Chacham. You know how we become Yisachars? Yisachar Chamar Garem, the Yisachars that carry the load of Torah? Rovets ben Amish If we crouch down and dig in, between the borders. If we dig in during the time that was, it's not a focus. You have a couple minutes here, I'm waiting for the elevator. The elevator's going up and I'm waiting. What do I do? I just stare at the numbers? Rovi's ben Amish Pesayim. If I use those moments, Yesha Kasvu, now with the Yagla Torah quotes, Ki Yoser Chi of Lazak Betorah, Bismanim Sharova Olam Betalim. There's a greater Chi and Zchus to be Osik Torah when nobody else is learning. Like Friday afternoon. Obviously, not at the not at the expense of Shalom Bayis. But if everything is ready, if I can make everything ready earlier, Erev Yantif, when people are learning, Motzi Shabbos, when people aren't learning, when we're not supposed to, if we focus on these times, right? The schar is kafel, and the quote from Ravitz Zalman Meltzer. From Rebisa Zalman, when he was having difficulty learning a sugya, he couldn't figure out, he couldn't figure something out. He waited to learn it Erev Shabbos after Chatzos. Why? Because there was special siyata deshmaya. Give it to him at those times. Give it to him at those times. He for sure asked for shirts from his wife. But Dafi waited to the times. Purim, the Kutzker quotes from the Avnei Nezer. That the Avni Nezer says that his father, his father once told him, you know why I was Ocha to a son like you? Because I was Koveya Seder on Purim. Koveya Seder on Purim. During the times that we're not supposed to be learning. I haven't mentioned it in many years in this context. So I'll mention it now. Those who've never heard it, right? Thought that the Gemara tells us, one of the six questions we're going to be asked is, Kavati Itam Torah, did you set aside time for Torah? 
on a deeper letter, level, one can give the pshat, kavata, not just set aside. We find the verb keva in navi, meaning to steal. In Malachi, source number 12, the Pesach says, Hashem doesn't say, I, w- I don't want your karbanas that you are koveya from me. Rashi says, Kevaz lashing zela stealing. Kavati to la Torah, did we steal time for Torah? Times that we're not supposed to be learning. Times that we're supposed to be doing other things. Kavati to la Torah, those are the, those are the times that make us into, into Yisachars. And I, when I quote this, we usually add, Mayim genuvim yimtaku. Ain Mayim la Torah, that's the sweetest Torah. The sweetest one, the sweetest Torah is when we're not supposed to be involved in it. And let us all make sure that we're going to be in between now by Yathi and Shmos. Safer Braches and Safer Shmos. Let's make sure that we all take, take, uh, take our time and our moments and our 15 minutes the Bena Mishpatayim very seriously. Okay, we'll stop there.